welcome each and every one of you to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? I am excited to be here. We have got a jam-packed show, but just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 out of Noonan. And we are brought to you by Wishbone Fried Chicken, The Mold Man, and Jersey Mike's Be a Sub from Above. And on the show today, I'm going to have the NFL Draft recap. The Hawks lose a heartbreaker to the Celtics in Game 6. And the Braves give up 5 in the ninth to the Miami Marlins. And they cannot get the sweep. How is everybody doing here on this Thursday night? But this show is going to be on Friday. I just got some side notes to talk about on this show. Just a reminder that next week, starting May the 5th, I will start the beginning of my high school football preview show for the Chattahoochee Valley. There's just so much to cover, recapping the 2022 season and previewing the upcoming 2023 season as most of the schedules are out for high school football in the Chattahoochee Valley. We also have high school baseball playoffs that are happening as well. We have some teams in Columbus that are in action tomorrow, and that's going to be incredible including Sean LaGrange. I'm going to end up being up there on Saturday. And then the Columbus River Dragons in action tonight, taking on the Carolina Thunderbirds. Game one of the divisional final, and I'm going to be in attendance for that as well. And I'm really looking forward to such an electric atmosphere at the Columbus Civic Center. I had Columbus River Dragons for Jay Krupp on the show yesterday. That was incredible. I was blown away by the interview he is such a great interview, and I know that we are all excited about the River Dragons in the Fountain City trying to hoist that Commissioner's Cup. So let's go get it. But before I begin this show, I just want to remind everybody this is episode 612. In case you are keeping score at home on this April 28th, 2023 And so let's go. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks first because they dropped a heartbreaker to the Boston Celtics and they are eliminated in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Celtics beat them 128 to 120. My takeaways in this game, first of all, the Atlanta Hawks played very hard, but the Boston Celtics were the better team. The Celtics have all the pieces and all the veteran leadership to make a conference finals run like they did last year, making it all the way to the NBA finals. When the Hawks were up in this game by three, and they had about five to six minutes left to go, there were times where I felt like that crowd at State Farm Arena was going to feed off the energy and the Atlanta Hawks were going to pull away in this game. But then Jalen Brown makes a big shot, big three to tie it with the shot clock winding down. Al Horford makes a big shot. Man, the former Hawk, the Hawk killer makes a big three. And then Jason Tatum makes a big three. And then Jalen Brown with a big defensive stop. Robert Williams got a block. Marcus Smart got a big three. It was incredible. The Boston Celtics went on a 13-4 run. And uh, that was all she wrote. But the Atlanta Hawks, they're up 113-110 to with five minutes left to go. And while I was watching this game, I was thinking, all the Hawks have to do is get a stop. But it seemed like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum 
do what they do best. And that's why the Boston Celtics won this series. The Hawks played great. I thought that DeAndre Hunter stepped up. I thought that John Collins stepped up. There is nothing to be discouraged about. The Hawks have a bright future next season. And you're really going to have to let it work. You got two superstars, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Ball, eccentric superstars. It's got to work in Atlanta. You traded away three first-round draft picks to get DeJounte Murray. I cannot believe the box score because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 62 points. And then Marcus Smart actually chipped in with 22 points. Malcolm Brogdon, the sixth man of the year, with 17 points. And the Boston Celtics advanced to the second round where they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's going to be a classic matchup with these two rivals. And I'm going to preview some of the second round games because it is just really fascinating what is going on in the NBA. I mean, you have the Miami Heat that knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks the night before. And the Miami Heat become the eighth seed. And they're taking on the New York Knicks in the second round. So the second round matches are set in the Eastern Conference. We still have some games to decide in the Western Conference. As tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers try to close it out at the Crypto Arena against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the Golden State Warriors back at the Chase Center, up 3-2 to two against the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings have been great. It's just that the Warriors' pedigree of being a championship team and Draymond Green having his best game. That game five against Sacramento was his best game of the season. And then Steph and Clay are just going to do what they do. And Andrew Wiggins is an energy guy that gives you defense, and he's also just a wing player that can – play both sides of the ball. And so the Golden State Warriors, I think they're going to close that out against Sacramento tonight. And then the Los Angeles Lakers are going to close it out against the Memphis Grizzlies. And we're going to potentially have a Lakers-Warriors second round matchup, which is going to be classic because LeBron and Steph. And we also already have the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And so some of the upcoming games in the NBA – we have Friday's games, tonight's games, and then Saturday, the Suns and the Nuggets. That's going to be the only game on Saturday. And then Sunday, we have the Heat and the Knicks. And, you know, potentially, I don't know when they're going to schedule that Celtics-Sixers matchup. Might be on Sunday. Maybe it'll be on Monday. But a valiant effort for the Atlanta Hawks. And the problem is when you're mediocre during the regular season, you don't get home court. They had to play their way into the playing game. I just can't believe that they beat a team in the play-in game that knocked off the number one team, the Milwaukee Bucks. After the Heat beat the Bucks in five, I thought that the Eastern Conference was going to be wide open if the Hawks were able to get game six, which at times I thought they were going to win this game. They were up in by three with five minutes to go, and I seriously thought they were going to win this game, but the Celtics just came up big. Incredible. But here's some of the takeaways from the Atlanta Hawks because it wasn't just Trey Young. I mean, he was hot in that first half. He cooled off in the second. He shot 1 of 12. But the Atlanta Hawks have a bright future. First of all, you're going to get Quinn Snyder for a full season. I think that Quinn Snyder is a good coach. And also, I know I've written off John Collins because there are times where he disappeared, but he made some big shots. John Collins is a good player when he wants to be. DeAndre Hunter stepped up when it mattered the most. 20 points, that was exactly what you wanted to see. 
I really wanted to see more from DeJounte Murray. And I know that this bench will come around. I mean, where was A.J. Griffin? I really would have loved to have seen the rookie. A.J. Griffin, in the regular season, he was making big threes. Jalen Johnson needs to get more playing time. As the maturation process continues for the Atlanta Hawks, do you keep this core players? Because I think this core players can get to an Eastern Conference final. And I think that next season, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young are going to learn to play together, and I think they're going to have something special. I would not change anything for the Atlanta Hawks because the Hawks are very close, and they probably need another veteran player. They need kind of like a P.J. Tucker-type player, a player that's been in this league a long time, you know, try to get Udonis Haslam out of retirement, although that ain't going to happen. He just retired, and he played his entire career with the Miami Heat. But get like an Andre Iguodala. If the Hawks had a veteran player that has played in this league 17-plus years and they got him for a minimum salary, I think that's what they need. They just need an answer in the locker room. Hey, get Al Horford back to Atlanta. I got to check and see if Al Horford's a free agent for Boston. Because Al Horford is exactly what the Atlanta Hawks need. A high IQ, savvy veteran that can make big shots, but he can also lead the team in the locker room. I, I just hated seeing Al Horford lead Atlanta. I mean, that was just tough because, you know, he was a member of the Atlanta Hawks during that decade where they were making the playoffs every year with Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Marvin Williams, Jeff Teague. Yeah, Al Horford was part of that group, and having him on the Celtics, just tough. And yet, Also, Malcolm Brogdon, I know his hometown is Atlanta, but him playing on the Celtics, it hurts because he was making big shots as well, and yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Atlanta booed Malcolm Brogdon. I, anyway, so the NBA playoffs continue to roll along, but tonight is a special night. I mean, this is Thursday night on Facebook Live. This is going to be Friday afternoon on WQEE. Don't forget that you can listen to my show Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 on WQEE, right after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. I feel bad for the Braves. They had an afternoon game against the Miami Marlins. They were looking to sweep. Kyle Wright was back on the mound after the injury, and he only pitched three innings. I mean, it was just limited work, but it was three scoreless innings. They took on the Miami Marlins, and they take a 4 nothing lead into the top of the ninth inning. And guess what? The Miami Marlins put up five runs in that inning. It's not anything on A.J. Minter or the bullpen for the Braves. I mean, this is what the Marlins do. Look at 2003. The Marlins find a way to get magic. And I know this is the regular season. We're talking about the postseason, how they built that magic in 1997, and they built that magic in 2003. But it's one of those games where it's an anomaly. The Braves' bullpen is going to be fine, even though they have several players that are out. And But they could not get the sweep. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you play your best, and you don't get the sweep. And... You know, the Braves will regroup, and uh, they are going to travel up to 
Flushing, New York, to take on the New York Mets for a big NLE showdown tonight. And Max Freed, the ace, who's 1-0 with a .60 ERA. He's taking on David Peterson. And right now, you know, because the Mets and the Braves really have been neck and neck, and the Mets are two back of the Braves. This is going to be a very big series for the Braves and for the Mets, for that matter. So let's see if the Atlanta Braves can at least win this series. I know it's on the road, but I'm looking forward to that. And got some great, great regular season matchups this weekend. The rematch of the 2022 World Series, the Phillies and Astros. That's happening this weekend. The rematch of the 1990 World Series, Cincinnati Reds and Oakland Athletics. And then two historic, great MLB franchises, the Cardinals and the Dodgers, are playing as well. You got the Pirates and the Nationals. The Pirates have the best record in the National League at 18-8. and eight. And then you've got the rematch of the 2003 NLCS, the Steve Bartman series. Cubs and the Marlins. Yeah, I'm a baseball historian. I love the game. I've watched baseball ever since I was a kid back in the late 1980s with the San Francisco Giants. I love the Cincinnati Reds when they won the World Series in 1990. Uh, Eric Davis, Billy Hatcher, Rob Dibble, Chris Sabo. They had such Barry Larkin. They had such a great team. And it was just nice to see the Reds beat the A's in that World Series because the A's were a heavy favorite. And I just love seeing that. So that's what we're going to get, the rematch of the 1990 World Series. That's pretty cool. And and I, I'd like to see the Cincinnati Reds do well. I mean, baseball is better when you have your historic teams like the Reds, like the Pirates, your small market teams when they do well. And you're probably wondering, why have I not gotten into the NFL draft? I've spent the first 15 minutes talking about the Hawks and the Celtics, and I've talked about Major League Baseball. Well, the NFL draft, as we speak, is still going on. And I want to recap the NFL draft because there's a lot of takeaways from this NFL draft. But before I do, why don't we go ahead and take a quick commercial break? And when we come back, I'm going to start recapping the NFL draft and which teams are the big winners, which teams are the big losers and what to expect some available players still on the board as we have rounds two and three coming up tonight and then rounds four through seven on Saturday. And then also after that, I'm going to break down all the local sports in the Chattahoochee Valley to include the Columbus river dragons tonight and the Columbus Rapids closing out the NISL season against the Tampa Bay strikers. And also high school baseball playoffs in Alabama and Georgia. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. 
I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. And welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM. I am Richard Holdridge from the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I just enjoy doing this show. This is a podcast that has grown. I have had over 60 episodes, uh, 60 guests. I've had 611 episodes. And I just love doing the show because I love talking about sports. I think it started back when I was in college. As a broadcasting major, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I was a sports writer. I was also calling games. And I also asked the station manager if I can host a local sports talk show. And with the technology we have now with going on Facebook Live and actually creating your podcast on podcast platforms, it is a perfect time to talk about sports. And we do have a lot to cover. So let's go ahead and talk about the NFL draft. No surprise, the Carolina Panthers selected Bryce Young with the first overall pick. The quarterback out of Alabama, Heisman Trophy winner, had a great team behind him last season. Alabama did lose to LSU. They did not play in the SEC championship. One takeaway on Bryce Young was he did not win a national championship with Alabama. In his first year with Alabama, they lose to Georgia in the national championship, 33-18. to But Bryce Young is a talent. He is probably the most NFL-ready quarterback, but we pretty much know what you're going to get. Carolina needed stability at quarterback, and that's why they traded all those draft picks to move up to get Bryce Young in the draft. Now, the next pick was a little shocked. The Houston Texans drafted C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud does have a little bit of an upside because I saw him in the national championship game against Georgia, but the Houston Texans could have went defense. D'Amico Ryans, who's a defensive coach, he coached under Kyle Shanahan, and there might have been an opportunity there. But, I mean, this was just 
a night of blockbuster trades because Detroit traded down, Houston traded with Arizona, they swapped picks, and then so they swapped picks, and then Houston ends up getting Will Anderson with the third pick. And so not since 1991 where we had the Indianapolis Colts select Steve Entman and Quentin Coriat with the number one and number two overall picks. This is the first time that we've had like two close picks by the same team. C.J. Stroud going to Houston and then Will Anderson going to Houston. An incredible night. And I was actually shocked with all these trades. And then the Indianapolis Colts getting Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Now, Florida did not have a very good year, but Anthony Richardson had the most talent. And I think that Indianapolis has done the quarterback experiment. Matt Ryan is gone. Before that, they had Carson Wentz. Before that, they had Phillip Rivers. I mean, it's been a quarterback carousel since Andrew Luck retired. Indianapolis is one of those teams that's got to get stability at the quarterback position. And they already have a good defense with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. And with the run game, they really got to get the run game going. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts can be there with Anthony Richardson, but uh, we'll see how it goes. The good thing about that, drafting Anthony Richardson and you have Jonathan Stewart as your running back. You have a decent offensive line. Quentin Nelson is one of the best guards in the league. Their division is wide open. I mean, there's uncertainty at quarterback with Tennessee. Houston just drafted a rookie quarterback. And I don't know. I mean, I, although I'm a believer in Trevor Lawrence, let's see what he does in year two after they went to the playoffs and they have to face a tougher schedule. And you got all the teams in your division that are gunning after you. Now, this pick surprised me. The Seattle Seahawks getting Devin Weatherspoon, the quarterback out of Illinois. And one reason it surprised me, I thought that the Seattle Seahawks were going to go defense. But they get a corner that kind of just gets that lockdown corner. And you have quarterback play in the NFC West with the 49ers, either Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, but really Kyle Shanahan's offense, Sean McVay's offense, and then with Arizona with a new coaching staff, go get a lockdown corner and try to build that culture back in Seattle with the Legion of Boom. And then the number six pick, Arizona traded down, and they drafted Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle from Ohio State. This is going to help protect Kyler Murray's blind side. Kyler Murray's going to be out for a while, but at least the Arizona Cardinals can sustain that offensive line because when Kyler Murray was in there, he was running for his life. So they got to get their 12 to 15 year veteran left tackle to protect Kyler Murray's blind side when he's back in the lineup. So the Raiders went and drafted Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from the Texas Tech Red Raiders, it's not a coincidence there, with the seventh overall pick, uh, Tyree Wilson, one of the top edge rushers coming out of the draft. But I, I'm concerned about the Raiders and how they have whiffed on their picks in previous drafts. If you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, 
and some of the picks. I mean, some of those players are not even on the team anymore. And so when you look at, you know, getting Henry Ruggs, Damian Arnett, Alex Leatherwood, Seelan Farrell, none of them are on the team anymore. And I don't know. I don't know what to think, but I do think that the Las Vegas Raiders might have gotten their edge rusher. And, you know, the, there's going to be a culture change with the Raiders. Darren Waller is now on the Giants. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is leading the offense for Josh McDaniels. He has that familiarity with Josh McDaniels when he was the OC in New England. But Josh Jacobs, he's a very good running back. You know, your wide receivers, you still have Devontae Adams. I think that they what they should have done was went and got that tight end from Notre Dame. But, you know, getting the edge rusher, that was a good – Good pick. I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, they looking at their draft, they didn't even have a first or second round last year. Alex Leatherwood was taken in 2021. Henry Ruggs and Damian Arnett was taken in 2020. And then Seelan Farrell taken in 2019. And then Colton Miller, the tackle out of UCLA. I mean, they really have whiffed on draft picks in the last four years. All right, the number eight pick, the local team here in Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons. Were, was anybody shocked that they picked Bajon Robinson? He is the best running back in this draft. I mean, we've had running backs drafted in the top ten before. Ezekiel Elliott comes to mind. Todd Gurley also comes to mind. Leonard Fournette. A lot of great running backs have been drafted. Although I like Tyler Algier, I think that he's a backup running back. I believe the Falcons – picked up their franchise running back who's going to rush for a 1,000 yards, and he is going to carry the Falcons. And this is going to be their identity. With a solid offensive line, they are going to run the football. It's going to take pressure off Desmond Ritter. You already got all your defensive stars in free agency. Although, although I thought the Falcons were going to pick up an edge rusher here, you already got Calais Campbell. You already got Bud Dupree. You've got Grady Jarrett. You got Lorenzo Carter. You got some edge rushers. And then I really wanted to see them get a linebacker because, you know, their linebacking core is, you know, Troy Anderson. I mean, they do have some players that have some upside. And then getting Jeff Okuda as a corner and then uh, Jesse Bates. So, you know, they won the free agency in the offseason. But uh, the Atlanta Falcons, their offense – it's going to look great next year, I think, even with Desmond Ritter because they do have weapons and, you know, getting Scotty Miller as, as a slot wide receiver and getting uh, Judon Smith, Matt Judon, uh, Johnny Smith, rather, <laughs> I got that name wrong, Johnny Smith, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London coming back. If you believe Drake London is a number one target, then the Falcons do have we <clears throat> weapons and also, you know, Back-to-back eight and nine seasons for the Atlanta Falcons in Arthur Smith's tenure. I, he's on the hot seat. He has to be. The, the Falcons have to make the playoffs this year. And it, it should be easy because the AFC, the NFC South is wide open. But the Atlanta Falcons... They have not made the playoffs since 2017. 
it, they they've got to make the playoffs this year. Hang on a second. You got my computer right there. All right. So here we go. As I'm trying to, oh, yo, back to back seven and ten seasons. So you know they, Arthur Smith's tenure. I mean, he's been fourteen and twenty, entering his third season, and I think that the Atlanta Falcons have to make the playoffs. All right. Moving on, number nine, the Eagles traded up in the draft, and they got Jalen Carter. A lot of people thought Jalen Carter was the best defensive prospect to come out of this draft. You know, he had some issues, and his draft stock went down, but you saw how dominant he was on the two national championship teams for the Georgia Bulldogs, and he's also reunited with his teammate from the national championship team in the first year with Jordan Davis. So that Defensive line is going to have two Georgia players, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. And he also replaces Vernon Hargraves, who is now on the 49ers. So a good move by the Eagles. They just get better. Look at that team they had that went to the Super Bowl. And just getting Jalen Carter, just making the Eagles a whole lot better. And I think the Eagles are going to be the favorites to win the NFC. Again, even over the 49ers. I mean, I'm saying that. And don't worry, the 49ers don't have any draft picks here in the first round. All right, the Chicago Bears get Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, and that's going to help free up Justin Fields' blind spot. Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback the Bears are trying to build around, and that's the reason why the Bears traded out of that number one pick is because they already got their quarterback, and they knew that the top two picks were going to be quarterbacks this year. The big surprise in the draft, you know, before I go through all the picks, was that Will Levis was not selected in the top 20. And as actually, as we speak, the draft is going on. But by the time I get through these picks, the draft might be over. But uh, Peter Skaronsky gets drafted by the Tennessee Titans at 11, a surefire guard from Northwestern, uh, rated the highest rated offensive guard in college football this season and then a big surprise the Detroit Lions draft Jameer Gibbs the former Georgia Tech running back that entered the transfer portal that played for Alabama for one season he is a versatile back that can catch it in the backfield and he could also run it and they already have DeAndre Swift they also have Amir Abdullah the Detroit Lions they were on the doorsteps of the playoffs last year and Dan Campbell, the players play hard for him. Jared Goff is going to continue to improve. And I know Jamison Williamson is going to be suspended for six games, but that's okay. The Lions will figure it out. And I think that with their team, I think the Lions are going to compete in the NFC Central. So Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end from Iowa, taken by the Green Bay Packers. Remember, they... Swap picks with the Jets. Broderick Jones taken by Pittsburgh, the offensive tackle from the University of Georgia. And then you had Will McDonald, the linebacker from Iowa State, taken by the Jets. The Washington Commanders select Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, the corner. Christian Gonzalez. I can't believe that Christian Gonzalez fell all the way to the New England Patriots at number 17. 
This was a player that was projected to be a top five pick. He was supposed to be the best corner coming out of the draft. And what do the Patriots do well? They draft players that fall into their lap, and they are like the luckiest team in the NFL because that's the Patriot way. They find a way to get hidden gems in this draft, and that's how they are able to get Christian Gonzalez. Who knows? He might be a 10-time Pro Bowler, but he also might be a bust. I just don't, I just don't know. All right, Jack Campbell, Lions get another first-round draft pick. Jack Campbell from Iowa. I'm surprised the Buccaneers didn't get Will Levis here. They got Kajia Conci from Pittsburgh, the defensive end. The Buccaneers already have a good defense. They need to get a quarterback. You need to get a quarterback to replace Tom Brady. Big surprise, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not really surprised, but the best wide receiver in this draft, Jackson Smith Nigma from Ohio State falls into the lap at number 20 for the Seattle Seahawks, and now they have their number two receiver right alongside DK Metcalf. Seattle had a home run night when it comes to the draft. They knocked it out of the park. I believe the Seattle Seahawks get it A for this draft. It's not because they had two picks. It's what they did with their two picks. Getting a corner, it just frees up that secondary, and now you know, they can be remnants of the Legion of Boom as they're trying to build that culture back and then getting a wide receiver like Jackson Smith Jigba. All right, and another wide receiver coming off the board, and Quentin Johnson from TCU gets selected by the Los Angeles Chargers at 21. This is a big deal because now you have Keenan Allen, you have Quentin Johnson, you have Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, and now has more weapons. You have Austin Eckler, and you have new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. What more could you ask for if you're a Chargers fan? Let's just hope they don't blow a 27-0 lead in the playoffs like they did last year. Talented team. They just can't win in big games. And then Zay Flowers. And with the news that Lamar Jackson is close to a deal with Baltimore, what does Baltimore do? They get Zay Flowers out of Boston College, a wide receiver, a weapon, for Lamar Jackson, who also already has Odell Beckham Jr. It just makes them better. Jordan Addison gets selected by the Vikings at 23. So you got Justin Jefferson. You got Jordan Addison. The Vikings, they're going to be good. They're going to have some great weapons, Dalvin Cook. And so the last pick was Jordan Addison. Okay, so the Giants selected Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland. Buffalo, man, this I love this. They could have a two tight end set. Dalton Kincaid from Utah, another tight end. So now Josh Allen's going to have the double tight end set, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. I love it. And right now the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. I would love to get through all the NFL draft. I can't believe it's still going on. It's almost midnight here on the East Coast. And we have the NFL draft still go, <laughs> the NFL draft still going on. So here's what I'm going to do. All right, I may be able to recap the NFL draft by the end of this show, but what we're going to do now is going to take another commercial break. But when we come back, I'm going to run down all the local sporting events here in the Chattahoochee Valley to include Columbus State softball playing later this afternoon. In fact, first pitch is 
right when this show goes to air on WQEE as Columbus State softball tries to make it to Chattanooga as they will take on Young Harris College in the first round of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament. We'll be back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. We have got a jam-packed show here on the Sports Beat. And how are you doing on this incredible Friday? Don't forget, next week, I will start my high school football coverage. I will break down the games week by week. I will talk about who is going to be favorite to win in each classification, both in Alabama and in Georgia. I will go through my Rivals.com list, top recruits from Alabama and Georgia. You don't want to miss it. And Maybe future episodes, I might get a coach or two to come on the show and to promote their school. But high school football, I'm really into it. I call it on the radio, call it on Beam, and I love it. And I'm hoping to cover a lot of it this year and maybe even go to the high school game of the week and have a setup where I do kind of like a college game day. I love this idea. I absolutely love this idea. And we have got some incredible games this year. One day in particular that I'm actually looking on the calendar, I'm thinking, wow, you got three games in Columbus. It's great that they have Otis Spencer Stadium because on August the 25th, you got the Heritage Bowl, Carver and Spencer. And then you got Northside and LaGrange. That's probably going to be at Kinnett Stadium. And then you got Hardaway and Troop County. That's probably going to be at Memorial Stadium. You're going to have three football games going on at the same time. I know they're going to be looking for work. I definitely think that that's really cool that you have three football games that are going on at the same time. And don't forget, we also have Thursday night games too. And, you know, I've actually talked about working some of the Thursday night games as well. So high school football, the preview show, stay tuned next week. Now let's talk about Columbus State softball. I love this team. And congratulations to Hannah Rose Corbin, a Peach Belt Conference Player of the Year. Uh, she has had just an incredible career as a Columbus State 
Lady Cougar. But today at Cougar Field, the Columbus State Lady Cougars are taking on Young Harris College. At 2 p.m., they are undefeated at Cougar Field. They are going to host this tournament. And I cannot wait. In fact, I think I want to try to go to that game. That's that's one of those where, you know, I've been supporting the softball team all year long, and I have yet to go to a game this year. And they are playing at two, and it is a Friday. And you also have the River Dragons playing as well. So that's one of those games where I definitely want to try to go. But, yeah, Young Harris College, 2 p.m. at Cougar Field. You don't want to miss it. And then they will have another game, if necessary, on Saturday. This first round of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament is going to take place all the way until Sunday. And then the Peach Belt Conference Tournament Championship will be May the 5th, where the two highest seeds will remain and they will play in the championship Hey, the Columbus State baseball team, they got a big win over the University of Montevallo, and they are headed for the final three-game series in the Peach Belt as they are going to Milledgeville to take on Georgia College. The Columbus State baseball team is 32-12 and 17-10 and and overall in the Peach Belt Conference. And after their regular season is over, they will play in the Peach Belt Conference Tournament on May the 5th through the 7th. And the site will be held at the number one and the number two seed in the tournament. So you're going to have one bracket that's going to be on the number one tournament side. And then you're going to have another bracket that's going to be on the other side in the Peach Belt Conference. And as I'm trying to get more of what the, the Peach Belt Conference standings are looking like for the Columbus State Cougars, just bear with me. Uh, they've had such a great season. Noah Winhurst, he's pitched a no-hitter. You have uh, Matthew McDade. He's had just an incredible season. Just a lot of great players for the Columbus State Cougars like Wynn Johns and Logan Seahafer, the Columbus Chattahoots players. And Greg Appleton, you know, he picked up his 900th victory this year. He's had a fantastic team. And they're trying to build off of the team that was one game away from going to the D2 College World Series last year as they lost to Greenville in three games in the Super Regionals. And, you know, I know it was in a heartbreaking fashion, but Columbus State right now in fourth place, it's looking like that the conference tournaments will be at Georgia Southwestern and North Carolina or South Carolina Aiken. But, hey, Columbus State can win all three games and hope for Georgia Southwestern or South Carolina Aiken or Young Harris to falter. It is possible, but right now you have Georgia Southwestern and South Carolina Aiken, both with a 19-8 and record. You have Young Harris. Looks like their season is wrapped up in the Peach Belt, 21-9. and And then Columbus State. Columbus State could at least get a two-seed and host part of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament. So uh, that's what they're hoping for. So good luck to the Columbus State Cougars. So Columbus State, baseball and softball going on right now. We've got high school baseball that is happening. And uh, so many 
incredible matchups. I want to start with the first matchup that's really the marquee matchup that these two teams are former region rivals that would face off against each other in the early 2000s. Shaw won a state title in 2001. LaGrange won a state title in 2004. They played in the same region last year. They both made the playoffs last year alongside Troop County and Columbus. Those were the four teams that made the playoffs in the region. But with the reclassification, they are in different regions, both in 4A, but they're facing off against each other. At the branch, 3 p.m., the doubleheader. And then on Monday, a best of three, a game three if necessary on Monday. So definitely want to check that out. LaGrange made it all the way to the state championship last year. You got Columbus that's on the road taking on Morgan County. You have Northside that's taking on Greenbrier. You have Harris County that is taking on Locust Grove. And then over in Alabama, you have uh, Smith Station taking on Fairhope. And you have Central taking on Daphne. So I'm excited I'm trying to get some score updates for Schley County, Marion County, and uh, Taylor County because they they were in action, going to be in action uh, tomorrow. So that's something to look forward to because they had some rain out, so they're trying to push those games uh, to the right. But uh, I'm trying to keep update with them. Uh, don't forget that also that the Columbus River Dragons – they are in action tonight at the Columbus Civic Center, game one of the divisional final against the Carolina Thunderbirds. Remember, it's a 1-2 format in the FPHL Commissioner's Cup playoffs. And the River Dragons were able to beat the Motor City Rockers in two games. They got a little bit of rest. They're going to face Carolina, and they got to get game one. Tickets are still available you can get them at the box office at the Columbus Civic Center or go to Ticketmaster.com. I got my tickets. I'm excited about being there. I'm excited just to show up to the Civic Center and see all those Civic Center workers that I'm familiar with seeing when I'm calling the Rapids and the Lions and then dabbing a little bit with Dana Barker, the PA announcer. And, you know, if I have an opportunity, maybe run into Tom Callahan on his breaks. And I know I'm going to see Scott Brandt. Like every time I go to a River Dragons game, I'm always running into Scott Bram because he is everywhere in the Civic Center just talking to people and and really hyping up the River Dragons. And, oh, it's just incredible. It's incredible atmosphere. I mean, I was there for military night. I was also there for game one of the Commissioner's Cup final against Watertown. And I was also there for the game in the semifinal game against Danbury last year as well. So I'm really excited about seeing them face Carolina. But games two and games three will be up at Carolina. Hopefully, they'll have to get to a game three. But uh, that's going to be very interesting, and I'm really looking forward to it. I had Jay Krupp on the show yesterday. What an incredible interview. And he revealed on my show that he is coming back next season. So that's something to really look forward to, to try to see if he can get his 100th career goal He's doing a lot of great things in the community. He's got a hockey camp. He's got just an incredible DNA when it comes to hockey. And he just loves the sport. And uh, that's really all you can ask from your veteran player that has been with this franchise since day one, won a Commissioner's Cup 
with Carolina in 2019, but has been part of the staple of the Columbus River Dragons since they've been here since 2019. And uh, also having players like Josh Pietratono and Alex Storjahan and uh, Jacob Kelly. Such an incredible team. But if you look at the landscape of the Federal Prospects Hockey League, because right now you also have Dan Barry taking on Beamington, that's a series that you want to watch because if Beamington wins and if Columbus beats Carolina, Columbus is going to get home ice for the Commissioner's Cup Final. Something to keep an eye on as uh, I will try to look at it and uh, see where to go from there. But, hey, I'm going to refresh the page because I think as we are about to approach midnight here on this Thursday night slash Friday morning for all the radio people at WQEE, we are wrapping up the NFL draft. What an incredible night. I believe Seattle won the draft. They won day one. Absolutely no question. They got home run picks. They got probably the best cornerback in the draft, and they got the best wide receiver in the draft. So last where I started off, as as we had uh, Jordan Addison got selected by Minnesota, Deontay Bakes selected by the Giants, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end selected by Buffalo, Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan, selected by the Cowboys. You got Anton Harrison, offensive tackle for Oklahoma. He's going to protect Trevor Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miles Murphy. I'm shocked that Miles Murphy fell as far as he did because a lot of mock drafts predicted that Miles Murphy was going to go eight to the Falcons. He falls all the way to 28 to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Saints get Brian Brees, another defensive tackle from Clemson. And so far, the Eagles and the Chiefs, the two Super Bowl opponents, have not selected yet. I mean, it's it's already 11.50 at night. They have not selected yet. I want to try to get those picks in before I end the show. But my takeaway from the NFL draft, Will Levis is still on the board. Somebody is going to draft Will Levis. This kind of reminds me of that situation when the Jets ended up drafting Geno Smith. I mean, he fell all the way to the second round. Jimmy Clausen fell all the way to the second round. There's been some quarterbacks that were projected to be first-round picks that fell all the way to the second round. One quarterback that actually comes to mind, the Denver Broncos selected Paxton Lynch. I actually thought he was going to be an early first round, but I love the NFL draft. You know what movie I love to watch during the NFL draft? They need to have it more televised on this day draft day such a very underrated movie by kevin costner it came out in 2014 i remember seeing it in the theater it was about the cleveland browns he was the general manager for the cleveland browns and i love the story of how cleveland needed to get a home run draft pick to turn around their franchise maybe their misfortunes would not be so bad and they could get to the super bowl well, the quarterback that was played by, you know, Smallville, Tom Walling, who played Superman in Smallville, uh, he, and I think he was portrayed, he was supposed to be Brian Hoyer. I mean, I, I really think during that time, Brian Hoyer was a, a pretty decent quarterback and he got injured. 
And then I don't know. It came out in 2014. I don't think they were trying to imitate Johnny Manziel, like the, that uh, quarterback from Wisconsin. But you know, Vontae Mack. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that little piece of paper. Vontae Mack, no matter what. And I'm not trying to spoil the movie, but yeah, Vontae Mack. That's that's where you got to go. I love Draft Day. I, I hope that they could just broadcast it throughout the whole weekend because it's such a fascinating movie. All right, we are approaching the hour mark here on the sports beat. And frankly so, because I have an hour, and this is the only day this week where I did not have a guest. So let me tell you what's going to happen on the show next week. Yes, I've been in talks with my former co-host and broadcast partner. Going to try to get him on. Um, You know, we both have very busy schedules not calling games anymore and he's away uh, doing other things but uh would love to get him on just to hear what he likes to say because he's he's a diehard Jets fan Uh, I want to hear him uh talk about how uh the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and then the recap of the NFL draft and then the NBA playoffs because it's really fascinating what's going on especially with the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks so that's just a fascinating matchup. I plan on having Gabe Reynolds on. I plan on having Justin Dale, you know, my regular guest, Thrift Behringer. I plan on having him on. And then there's some surprise guests that could come out of the woodwork, but you never know. Uh, Friday's show is going to be my high school football show. I may not have a guest on Friday because I believe I'm going to take the full hour and talk high school football. You don't want to miss it. That is going to be the show you want to hear as I try to break down high school football in the offseason. Yeah, big shout-out to Josh Pate. So uh, trying to do high high school football coverage like he does college football during the offseason. It's pretty fascinating. All right, as I refresh the page one more time, I just want to see if the Eagles and the Chiefs selected anybody. And no, they have not. So I believe I'm going to be signing this show off as we are approaching midnight without recapping the entire NFL draft. But you'll catch it on tomorrow's sports headlines. Pretty impressive. Uh, Don't forget, you also got Legends FC that's in action. And uh, before I close, uh, just NHL updates, the Tampa Bay Lightning they are staying alive in the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are my dark horse to win the Stanley Cup. The New Jersey Devils defeat the New York Rangers, and they take a 3-2 to two series lead. The Golden Knights, they're looking like they're going to close out that series with the Winnipeg Jets, but anything is possible. They're leading the Jets 4 to nothing right now, but I've seen teams come back from a 4 nothing goal, 4 nothing deficit. I've seen this before. I was at a hockey game. This was back in 2008. I was seeing the Atlanta Thrashers take it on the New York Islanders. And I remember the Thrashers were up like four goals. And then they 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 actually gave up four goals and it was tied. But, you know, they went, ended up winning in overtime anyway. But it's happened. i just letting you know. And don't forget NHL playoffs tonight because it is Friday. Carolina taking on the New York Islanders. Boston Bruins taking on the Florida Panthers. The Dallas Stars taking on the Minnesota Wild. And the Colorado Avalanche taking on the Seattle Kraken. 
the Kraken leading the defending Stanley Cup champions 3-2 to two in that series. And don't forget, we also have XFL and USFL games as well. I'll recap those on Monday. And then we have National Arena League games. As a, I'm still a fan of the league. The San Antonio Gunslingers are 3-0. They were, they were an expansion team last year. Sad to see that the Columbus Lions are not in the NAL. But the Columbus Lions era of arena football will begin on May the 14th as they will take on the South Florida Thunder in the first game in the American Alliance Indoor Football Alliance. I got to say, this was a tough night for Atlanta sports. But sometimes you just got to embrace it. You got to understand that you're not going to win them all. There's a lot to look forward to with the Hawks. I think the Braves are going to have a great series with the Mets this weekend. Atlanta United take it on Nashville SC. You also had Atlanta United 2. Well, Atlanta United was taking on Memphis 901 in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, However, they did lose. And then you also have Atlanta United's academy team that's going to be taking on Legends FC. So a lot of great action. And also, don't forget that the Columbus Rapids are taking on the Tampa Bay Strikers on Sunday, the NISL finale before we make it into the playoffs. It's a win and end scenario for the Rapids against the Tampa Bay Strikers on the men's side. On the women's side, they have clinched a playoff berth. This has really been a fun, a very fun show. I want to thank Ryan O'Neill back at the station at WQEE for giving me this opportunity to be on the airwaves with you here on Noonan's station, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. Stay tuned next for Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. You don't want to miss it. Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key from 2 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, this is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.